Hi, welcome to Product Mastery Now. This is Chad McCallis. We're so glad to be with you and on your journey towards product mastery so we can better develop products for our customers and that our customers will love. I am interviewing speakers at my favorite annual conference for product managers. That's the PDMA Inspire Innovation Conference. And this discussion is with Mike Heisey and Brett Wardle, whose session is titled Level Up Your Product, Innovation with Game Mechanics. And in our competitive landscape, Businesses constantly seek innovative ways to captive users and empower their team. And Mike and Brett are sharing with us the power of gamification and its potential to revolutionize digital products and product management careers. Mike is a senior principal consultant at Doherty Business Solutions. Previously, he has been a product management consultant and has held senior product management roles. Brett is a product leader with 15 years of game and software management experience who advocates for the convergence of design psychology in games and software. And this episode is sponsored by PDMA, the conference wrap. That's the Product Development and Management Association. PDMA is a global community of professional members whose skills, expertise, and experience power the most recognized and respected innovative organizations in the world. PDMA is also the longest running professional organization for product managers, leaders, and innovators, having started in 1976 and contributing research and knowledge to our discipline for nearly 50 years now. Having enjoyed it myself for almost two decades, I find their resources and network to be very valuable, and I hope you learn more about it at pdma.org. And as a reminder, listeners, we always create a written summary of everything we discuss, including a one-page action guide to help you put into action immediately those things that we do talk about. You'll find those resources at productmasterynow.com slash game. Mike and Brett, thanks for being with us. Live interview at the conference. <laughs> thanks for having us. Absolutely excited to be here. So I don't have the advantage of listening to your session yet because we haven't done it. We just yeah. got together. So this is going to be fun for me because everything will be fresh as well. But let's just get started. Gamification. What does this thing mean? Because I think it has different images in our heads for different people. Yeah. So a lot of times when you say gamification, people immediately go to the, the products, badges, leaderboards, and that's their thought. But in in whole... It is, it's taking game concepts, game mechanics, game psychology, and applying them anywhere that is non-game context. Hmm. That can be careers, that can be product, that can be life, anything really. Taking those game mechanics, those game ideas, and applying that to anything outside of games is where we stand on like the, what is gamification? I think I need an example here, right? Because we've talked about game mechanics. Yeah. I'm sitting down at my board game and thinking about the game mechanics in that. Give us an example to kind of how it applies to some of these other areas. Yeah, you take board games are a perfect example. We sit down and talk about board games. We play board games with friends and family. And what emerges from that a lot of times is storytelling. Like mm -hmm. you go back to that years and years later and you say, hey, remember that time where we played that game of Monopoly where everyone right. thought Mike was dead in the water and there was no way he's coming back. Like he's down to his last dollar. And Out of nowhere, those two $500 bills showed up. What's up with that? <laughs> we need to investigate. Yeah. That, that storytelling emerges from games. And those are the things that happen in games that we don't always think of. And we can take that and apply it to things like products. We can storytell elsewhere besides those games. But games naturally have a way of bringing that out of us. It has this natural way of allowing us to tell stories and share mm -hmm. stories and be part of other people's lives. And you can take that same thing, put it into your product. There's no reason why a Microsoft Excel spreadsheet that I do can't be shared with people and a story be told about it or take any of those ideas or that psychology and share them beyond something like a board game. Okay. 
that that's actually not the answer I was thinking of, right? Because I was thinking more gamification in the sense of we're creating some competitive environment here. We're creating some interest with people to be part of things, right? Intriguing. The story aspect that you led with, I'm sure those other things play, but the story aspect is much more engaging for me actually to think about getting into that. And as product people, we recognize the value of using story and narrative to sell our ideas to others, get other people on board and the like. So, okay. Anything else on gamification at the moment? I would just add yeah. that for a different context, right? Story is a big part of it. And, and think about how the different other game mechanics play into the story, right? You have to do things to get points to get to that boss fight, right? Mm. And then you fight this boss and what happens? You unlock this and you go to the next level. Storytelling combined with these intricate game mechanics that are not just points and leaderboards, but a lot of different things help create that story and create memorable experiences. Because mm-hmm. think about one of your, your favorite video games. Actually, what is what was one of your favorite games? Oh, gosh. So for board games, Monopoly was a big one growing up. More recently, it's been Dominion, play with the families. You said you, I was curious when you said that we played board games. Do you have a favorite right now? Like, I've been playing a lot of, like, I have four kids, so we do a pretty round robin of stuff. I've actually gotten my younger ones into Dungeons and & Dragons, and mm-hmm. we've been playing, like, incredibly light, like, campaigns of that and just learning mechanics. But. Yep, yep. And to your point about video game, I was not a huge video game player as a kid because they sucked me in, but I did <laughs> go into the arcade and yeah. you know, like Asteroids was classic or Missile Command, Missile Defense, I forget what it was called. The, the classic arcade games. Didn't someone do a TED Talk on one of those games? Possibly. I, I, did, a, I did a TED Talk on Metroid, which is, not, which is not quite a classic arcade game, but I still, so I stand by the fact, I talk about this in my TED Talk, but I believe Super Metroid for the SNES is the greatest digital experience ever created. Ever created. Yeah. Okay. So I, I will provide a link in the show notes so we know how to find your TED talk. Um, th- this will be good. Okay. So for our product management audience, gamification, why should product managers care? Right? There's lots of ways we can think about this, but why should we care about learning more about gamification? So, yeah. So I think that as we continue to grow in our product management roles, and we're in an increasingly competitive market, you have to expand your toolbox, right? We have different tools as product managers, whether that's design thinking or agile or scrum or whatever this is. Think about gamification as another tool in your toolbox mm. to be innovative, to enhance user the user experience, engagement, retention, innovation. I don't think you don't go out to do gamification. And that's something we're gonna talk about, right? Gamification isn't go something that you do. You have a different goal, right? Do you want to teach users a new language? Do you want to build a community of product managers? Do you want to help people hit their weight loss goals? Those are the goals that you should have with your product. Gamification is a set of game mechanics and tools to help you get your user there, right? That's why product managers should care, first and foremost, right? Understanding what gamification is and what it's not. And it gets a bad rap when we talk about in the book that, that we wrote, right? Because someone will throw a leaderboard up there a stagnant one and leave it there for a year. Oh man, gamification didn't work. And it's, there's a lot more to the mechanics of gamification than just putting up a leaderboard or giving points, right? Like there, there has to be a story behind it as mm-hmm. we talked about. There has to be, there has to be goals. There has to be fresh ideas and, and, and re- the refreshment, right? You never want to play the same level over again, right? right. That gets old pretty quick. So I think for, it's a tool for innovation for one. And the second, which I think we might talk a little bit about is how do you gamify your product development processes and make it more fun for your hmm. team? So the first gamification, gamification-inspired 
process I did was I started gamifying our retros because we have to do a sprint retrospective every two weeks. Instead of the same questions, same things, found a template on Miro and let's do a Mario Kart themed retro. That was like, what's the shell that hit you? What's the banana you slipped on? What power up did you want? Why did you want that power up? Things like that. And it just changes the conversation and the energy with your group. So not just gamifying your product, but gamifying your process. And we're going to talk about a little bit about how to gamify your career as well. Okay. So at this conference, there's a lot of gamification aspect to the for conference attendees. We have this applic the the whole conference is on a phone app, right? But there's a part of that that they're encouraging us to interact a little bit. So like after a session, put in this code to get points. And I find myself reluctant because I'm like I don't care about putting this code in to get points, and yet wanting to do it because I want my name to show up on the leaderboard. Right. For, for no good reason. It's not like anything special happens. I go to the conference next for free. I don't think there's anything like that going on. Right. But there's this little aspect that I want to participate because it shows up someplace. Our audience doesn't know about the details of what this looks like now. But so it's probably not fair to talk about what you think of that gamification experience is like right now. But he's number two on the list. <laughs> yeah, this is true. <laughs> so we're going through it because right. hey, we're giving us. We're going to talk a game of vacation, like we right. kind of get ingrained and, 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 and pressure test yep. this, uh, what they're doing. Yeah. Your thoughts first. I think it's interesting. I, I think it's great. The thing, I don't want to bash on it because obviously like it's been fun and I've enjoyed playing. We, we can make suggestions for improving for next year. Yeah. Some of the things that, that I've looked at is it's stagnant. Like it's entering codes and you have all of the challenges laid out in front mm -hmm. of you. So any given person can go and look at those challenges know where they need to be, when they need to be, what they need to be to accomplish those goals. So some of it, some of the like true gamification gets taken out of it. Like it doesn't feel, to me at least, it doesn't feel like an epic quest. Like I'm right. not on a quest to go and do things. My quest is maybe oh, go and meet a board member or go and do these, but it's a checklist. Mm -hmm. So I don't have any kind of sense of adventure to me. Like when I hop into like my, like Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, has been like consuming my life lately. And it is an epic quest. Like I, I have a giant world laid out in front of me that quite honestly, I don't really know what to do. I have to go out and discover that myself. I have to go discover, oh, right. this guy's trying to wrangle chickens over here. And this person wants me to collect 50 diamonds over here. Yep. And it's lacking a little bit of that. And then the other side of it is on that leaderboard. It shows the top five but as soon as you're out of there, you have no idea where you rank. You can see like how far you are from the rest of those people. But it doing that incentivizes people to continue. Once they drop out of that top five, your natural response in gamification is, oh, I'm never, I'm never going to be in the top five, so I'm just going to drop it. Mm -hmm. There, there needs to be some level of bounce back. Mario Kart is perfect for this. What I love about Mario Kart's design is they have this concept called rubber banding, where if you fall to right. 10, 11, 12, you're going to be given items that can leapfrog like they will take you from 11th to 4th yep. in a split second. And it's, it's naturally fun that way. Right. Like it encourages everyone to take part. And when you have gamification like this, you lose that very fast. If there were a challenge where a board member or someone could come in and say, hey, I don't know where this person stands, but we had a great conversation at lunch. I'm giving them 25 points and letting them fly their way back up. I think it would be really interesting and less of a, let me go check the boxes to see where I fall. Right. Yeah, this, this kind of notion again of a story of, of being part of the game, which now reminds me of my, one of my most interesting games. This is again dating me, a uh, PC game that came out Mist. That oh, what was yeah. you, you, it was a 
this world, very at the time, very visually interactive world, you just explored. You had no idea what the objective was or anything else. You just had to explore it and try to figure stuff out along the way. And that element is missing. For product managers, you talked about your gamifying your sprints. I want to hear about the opportunities for process. I want to talk about the product opportunities maybe a little bit as well. And then I think a, a topic in your book and in your session is also about gamifying your career development. So which one of those three do you want to start with? Let's dive into one of those. Let's go career. Maybe we'll work backwards and we'll do career. And you can talk about some of the Product your favorite thing. gamified products. And I can talk okay. about some processes. Okay. So the career, this is in our presentation. It came naturally to us, right? Because as we start building these things, people find out we're writing a book. We're getting asked a lot of questions. And it's, okay, so how can you gamify your career? And one of the, the slides that I use in the presentation is something I saw at like a product con conference like last year or something like that. There's uh, someone high ranking at Amazon. That's here's my you know products checklist. When I look at people, it's a matrix and here's all these skills. And it's like product management, senior PM, director, thought leader. And there were like, you're a level one at writing user stories. And then you're a level four at marketing, right? And like all these different scores and checklists get you that thought leader. And I'm like, I want to be a thought leader, right? So I got to write a book and I got to go. <laughs> do a bunch of conferences and things like that. And so I took that example and I made my own, my own kind of list because yep. my full-time job in consulting, I'm involved a lot of like data and analytics things and being able to understand complex architecture and, and work with engineers. So this kind of hybrid between technical and gamification and design thinking, and I made my own list, right? And this is what I'm going to do. And every time I get a certification or I get a raise or I get uh, a step up, right? Those are like levels that I'm com- and like gamified my career. And that's what we talk about too. And we've had discussions about this too, right? What are the things that we could do as product people, right? Whether UX, UI, product engineers, and let's create our own story, right? We're talking about the important story. Let's create our own story. Let's build levels into it. Where are we getting points? And then we got to reward ourselves, right? Take a night off, go buy something. I almost made a joke, go buy ourselves a car, but small rewards and things like that to that psychological reinforcement, right? The intrinsic and extrinsic. The intrinsic intrinsic reward is you have a new title, right? Or, oh, we wrote a book, right? That was incredible. We were both like, I don't know if we'd ever do this again, but but we did it. So I, I think it all started when we started mapping out, this is the career game that I want to play as a product, right? Product developer. Okay. The... Okay, so you, you had to get into that to figure out that map, right? And people have talked about this before. Think about where you want to go. Find someone who has the job that you think you want to have in a few years. And then look at the steps, or ideally talk to that person, right? Look at the steps. What holes do you need to fill into your experience to get there? And you could lay that out as your, your matrix, right? Yeah. That what you need to accomplish and then start ticking off the boxes when you're finding that experience, accomplishing that, that activity, and moving towards that direction. Yeah. Do you view that differently from just like goal setting? I got this goal and I'm working towards that goal. When you think of it in a gamification context, is it the same or is it different? I think of it just the way we were, I'll just speak for myself, like the way I work is I think of it differently because I think of yeah, goal setting is one thing. Just even the experience of writing this book over the last year has been, there's like secret levels that I didn't even know about doing this, right? It's like working with a publisher and, oh, you got to create your own PR plan. And now you got to find a publicist. And have you ever talked to a book agent? These weren't goals, but these were more challenges in this game that I put out for myself, right? And it was secret levels. I like that analogy. Secret levels. And 
Yeah, so I think like goal setting is one thing. Game games are challenging. So is your product career, right? You could you could set goals, but I think when you gamify it, I just I think it's different. Your mindset, right? Like right. a challenge, you're coming at it with that with a more competitive uh, mindset. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think the rewards too that you alluded to. I think that's like goal setting is one thing, but it's when I set forward and said, okay, if I accomplish these, this is what I'm going to provide with for myself to, to acknowledge. Yeah, I accomplished that. And I think that's one of the differentiators too, is knowing that idea that accomplishments earn rewards. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the crux to the gamification side of it. Now I can have that special dinner out. Now I can take that vacation. I can buy my favorite, that new game console, yeah. whatever fits. Okay. Yeah. So and we need those little motivational tricks. Right? The, I've been through all kinds of to-do list management stuff, right? And calendar. And I don't stick with anything except I, I bring up every evening or every morning, depending when I get to it, just my little notepad on the computer. And I have the things I have to get done that day and then a space and a line and the th- things I got done. And there's something just incredibly satisfying, just moving it down. Yes. down to the bottom. That's how I check it off. And it's just up there. And it's just surprising. That's the one thing that has stuck. And I have to move it or I don't feel any reward, right? Yeah. It's the, the moving that is important to me. It's, yeah, that intrinsic reward, right? Like that, that, that self, right? Like yeah. You've committed to that, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to do that thing to check it off. Yep. And that's a reward in itself. Yep. Oh. Yeah. So then how does it feel at the end of the day when you've moved all of them? Oh, to be those, are, those are the good days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My goal is to get the top priority ones, then I'm happy. Yeah. They never all move. Okay. So a, a little thoughts on the career aspect and thinking about kind of the path that your strategy, how are you going to win this game, get to where you want to be. On the product side, examples of adding gamification into products. Yeah. So my favorite example is Waze. I don't know if you've ever used Waze, but the, the mapping tool. Yeah, there's okay. there's Google Maps, there's Apple Maps, there's there's tons of products mm-hmm. that do this, right? Waze set out and said, "Hey, our goal is we are going to defeat traffic together," and they treated traffic as this medieval dragon that, like, together we can beat this medieval dragon, and it is crowdsource mapping, right? Like right. users generate maps, users say where accidents are, users say where detours are, users even mark like police and speed traps. And together we're having that communication. And these are all, these are millions of people that have never met in real life. Oh. And you can pass them on the road and you can give them a honk. You can do all of these things that that you can't do in Google. You can't do in Apple, but together like we can provide each other with a better way to commute. And to me, that's the crux of taking gamification to a product is really saying, hey, there's products that do this. There's a way that you can say, I need to get from point A to point B. And it'll say, hey, this is based on what I know. This is the best route. But it's not taking live feedback. It's not saying, hey, there's a speed trap along the way there. Or, hey, I just watched a train go by here and the traffic's a little bit backed up because those train guards came down or something like that. And that socialization, that sharing, you earn points along the way. Like you get different ranks and ways. Like the more you use it, the more miles you drive, you earn points. And as you pass those people on the road, it's, hey, there's a level 12 wazer. Like they're the same level as you, or maybe they're a master and you're just a student moving along. And all of that kind of provides this context to keep going. And it provides your, you're motivated to use more. As you pass these people that are higher level than you, you want to reach that level. You strive to get to where they are. As you pass a speed trap, you're inclined to tell other people like, Hey, by the way, there's an officer hiding behind this wall. Like you probably want to slow down a little bit. And all of that kind of applies to a product that 
this market existed. Waze didn't come along and say, hey, we're going to show people how to get from point A to point B. They said, no, that exists. We're going to do it better. We're going to do it in a way that it is user generated. It motivates people to use. It provides loyalty. Like I don't use Google or Apple ever anymore. I use Waze everywhere I'm going. And it builds that and it's baked into that system. And that's one of my favorite examples because it encompasses storytelling. It um, provides that motivation in the form of rewards. It, It has a ton of aspects to it that kind of help motivate me to use it and help motivate me to find other people that use it. It's not on my phone right now. Now I feel motivated to have to go get it. It's great. Can I I throw in two really quick? Yeah. Yeah. So I think from just like a social good aspect, I always want to mention the American Red Cross, their blood Mm -hmm. donation app incentivizes you with points and rewards for donating blood, right? And Mm -hmm. the more blood that you donate and they make it very convenient for you and give you reminders and this is what's needed. And, and then whatever, and then there's a bank of rewards they have, right? Okay, I donated blood three times with this many points. I could get like a mm-hmm. t-shirt or, and they do like theme, like pop culture t-shirts, even though I have no idea who the musician was. And it's just like, oh, cool. That's, I think that's one good example about how gamification can be used for social good. The other one from a creative side, one of my favorites is called Guru Shots. So it's a photography competition app and they'll different themes, right? They'll be like, best ancient buildings or flowers or animals or whatever it is, and you compete against others. So you could submit your photos, but then you have to vote. Mm-hmm. So the the more that you vote on other photos that you like, the more notoriety that, that your photo gets. And for me, it's there's a lot of great photographers out there and you're learning by doing. And then the whole social construct of it, you could join a team and then you submit your photos together as a team for these competitions, right? And you get voted on as the team. I'm on a team with people from Europe and Australia having conversations with them where we would really never have any reason to talk to each other, right? Until this app came along. So I think as a creative outlet, it's awesome. I'm flying in here today. I'm looking around New Orleans and I'm like, oh, there are so many good photo opportunities here. I want to I want to go out there and, and get some. So I think it's another really great example about how gamification can bring out the best in a product from an education standpoint, from a social aspect as well. Excellent. If you're up on one of the high floors at the hotel, there's a off, looks like an office building, right? Flat roof office building over that front of the hotel direction with a house on top of it. Not, not like the normal, like you might see a rooftop condominium or something. No, a house-looking house, house huh. Huh. with a swimming pool in the backyard. Like, why? That would be, yeah, I got to get a right? shot of that. I want to find the story on that thing. It's neurons. <laughs> okay, the important common element that I've heard you both talk about throughout this is not just the aspect of story, but the aspect of community and somehow. the We tell the story of Thanksgiving playing Monopoly together at, at night because of all the things that happened. That was just like the thing. Th- there's this aspect of we're part of something else that others are participating in that, that seems to be like the way is a really important aspect of the gamification. T- to me, that seems like the challenging part to try to build in this community aspect. Thoughts on the community aspect? Yeah, and it is. It can be challenging depending on your product. Some products naturally gravitate to socialization. Like you talk about like social media sure, and sure. those things are there. But even outside of your product, you're usually sharing those stories or you're sharing an experience or take the social ability out of ways itself. 
even me just here telling you about a program I like in ways mm -hmm. is a social aspect. So sometimes we don't even have to bake those in. Sometimes just sharing your experience with a product is part of that. And if you can build that into your product where they don't leave that experience and they can recommend, and you see this a lot with SaaS providers, like a lot of SaaS providers are now starting to say, hey, if you refer a friend, we'll give you a month for free. And if you do this, we'll give you like, I think I'm up to Trello for product management stuff. Like I use Trello all the time yeah. because it does its job and it does it free. I'm up to the point where I'm like 14 free months of Trello just because I'm like, <laughs> hey, you want a cheap free one to manage a board, use Trello. And I've passed it to my students and I've passed it to my colleagues. Mm -hmm. And without that even being baked in, like we naturally want to share what we enjoy. Right. And so I think just trying to capitalize that and trying to say, hey, if if you enjoy this, share this with your friends is like a very quick step to start to get there. And then you have those additional layers like, hey, how about you work together? Like, how about you cooperate on building this thing? Or how about you build teams like a guru shots where you're getting people that have never met in real life and they're getting together within your product and starting to share, starting to collaborate and doing those kind yep. of things is a great step to that social aspect. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I paid for Uber for the first nine months it was out. I was like one of the first users. Of Everyone's that's the point. Like you're getting in cars with strangers. I'm like, yeah, cause it's free. Cause I just <laughs> sent it to like my entire contact list. I'm like half of them signed up. There's different right. types of social aspects. So there's the competitive challenge that we're all in right now at the conference, right? There are, there's different type of social interactions, like a lot of fitness apps, right? They have a personal trainer that's connected to either a person or a group. And, and they're the author authoritarian figure in there saying like, hey, you didn't hit this goal. Hey, you got to do this, right? There's different types of social constructs that you can design that are backed by psychology and, and game design and, and things like that help drive some of these different goals. But as we talked about first, and we talked about earlier, what is your goal? And then as soon as you're like your goal, where you're trying to accomplish and you start looking at different like game mechanics that can fall under that. The interesting side of it to me is games started as a social aspect, right? Like we didn't invent play. Not, not solitaire. Invent, yeah. <laughs> well, that, and that's what I was getting at. Is that came later. Like yeah. we developed dice, we developed cards, we developed these games as a social activity. Like games are inherently social. Yep. And then we back came around and said, oh, well, I have this deck of cards. What, what else you can know, I do? I can play solitaire. <laughs> yeah. Products started the opposite way to a certain extent, like at least with technology, where a lot of them were independent. Okay, I need this product to get my work done, or this job needs to be done. I need this product to do it. And it's being reverse engineered to the social, but like games have been social yeah. since their inception. And so I think if we just look at it that other way, where it's how, like, where did we lose the social from products is an interesting right. perspective to take a look at it from. Yeah. The counter example I was thinking of. So if anyone listening is at Intuit, Intuit TurboTax, QuickBooks guys, Innovation Powerhouse, right? They've had more innovators that have gone on out of that place, really know how to train innovators and then mm -hmm. grow them up. But QuickBooks, right? So I use QuickBooks, not because I want to, but because I, my accountant says we need to have something for the business. <laughs> and it is, at first, I admire it for its ability to provide me an ad on every page for software that I pay for, a SaaS, right? Anything I do, there's a new ad. As you're talking, I'm thinking, about what an opportunity is being missed to draw me into a story, right? To tell me about Sue or Peter or whoever, right, about how they're using this feature that is saving their time, as opposed to just telling me about the feature. Or something. I, Way more I'm not drawn into anything in community there at all, right? Pay attention if you're at, at 
All right. Tell us a little bit about process. What have you guys done for gamifying process? You, you mentioned sprint retroactives. Yeah, the sprint retro. I said one. retro. Sprint uh, retrospectives. Yeah. Another one that we talk about is, I'm going to go just, first one that comes to my mind is post-launch. It's called Data Detective. So hopefully, as you're building and you're launching a product, you have integrated analytics software on that, whether that be Google or Adobe or whatever platform that you desire. And when you put these incredibly useful, complex tracking mechanisms into your product, you get all this data back, right? Mm-hmm. So it's easy to miss something, and it's easy not to see some trends and things that's happening. So one game is data detective. So you sign everyone, everyone's a detective on your team, and you hold the contest. You have one week go through all the data, come back and pitch on Friday. Think of the concept of sprint, but just doing this as a as an analytical approach. And Monday, you talk about the goals. Tuesday, you start investigating. Wednesday, any updates, right? And by Friday, you're all detectives and you're trying to solve the case, right, of what happened to our product. And then again, you're telling the story of your product post-launch or whatever phase that you're in. And everyone on your team tells like, hey, this is the investigation that I did. This is results that I found. Here's the verdict. So I think it's really fun because you're combining story with some type of reward, right? Whoever comes out with the best verdict, you want to reward them with something. Mm-hmm. And, and when we talk about rewards, like they don't even have to be, they're not always like monetary. It's not always gift right. cards. If you're playing data detective, right? Like get them a little police badge or something right. like that. Make it fun. It's activities like that when we talk about like, gamifying the product development process, right? I'm trying to think of another one, right? You could use leaderboards for so many different things. We've, there's some companies like, I know Google does this, I think Microsoft too, for innovation. So it's about submitting ideas. Hey, do you have a great idea? Build out business case around it, submit it to this idea board. And whether once a month, once a quarter, whatever it is, we're going to vet some of these ideas. You're going to come chance to pitch. And people have pitched ideas and helped develop them, and they've gotten financial rewards and patents in their name, things like that. Yep. But it's that's gamifying, crowdsourcing, right? There's kind of some similarities with that, but that's just another one off the, the top of my head from the process part. And just to add on to that, I'll say there's a couple different areas where I've gotten a lot of motivation from this from. Number one, and Miro does not pay me for anything. I probably should ask them to do this to bring them up so much as we talk about this. But the Miroverse is community-created content. And you look on there, and there's a ton of templates where you'll get gamifications from other people. Like the Mario one I like, someone did a gamified Star Wars retro. And someone did like a themed design sprint. And we find that there's other product and design and innovation people that are gamifying their own processes. Mm-hmm. And there's a library there. There's also, when you look at the thought leaders in design thinking and design workshops like IDEO and Google and IBM, a lot of design thinking is based around activities and workshops that you can take that and continue to to add that little spin of gamification, right? Whether you're adding a mechanic like a reward or a leaderboard or a sprint with some type of incentive on that. I think there's a lot, there's a lot to still flush out there. Yeah, no doubt. But I know that some friends had very creative meetings when COVID hit, we more, went more remote and still virtual teams are, are very common. And I, I could see like the Star Wars, doing it, the Star Wars and have people come in costume to the meeting. And yeah. it, it would be great. So it could be yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. Just like even icebreaker. So this isn't anywhere. One of my and built this through COVID is like a lot of times you have a meeting with a bunch of people that never met in person. Mm-hmm. So what do we do for the first five, 10 minutes to like get to know each other? So I will go and I will pick my favorite gifts from the internet about TVs, movies, and everything. And I'll about put 20 of them on a screen. 
and everyone gets into the meeting, they see the screen, I'm like, all right, now pick one and tell us why you feel that way. So the people are introducing themselves, and I feel happy, or I'm throwing a bunch of money on the table, like Job from Arrested Development, because it's payday, or whatever it is, it just, it's fun. It, it gets people to loosen up a little bit, right. especially when we're about to get into an innovation session or a tough conversation or, you know, whatever it is. It just, and especially when we're, a lot of us are all virtual this day, these days, I'll build a little bit of camaraderie. Yeah. Very important. Take time for that. It pays dividends later in, in other discussions and interaction. Okay. Really good information on gamification. As listeners said, we also like an innovation quote. And I asked for you to share one with us and just talk about what that means to you as well. So for me, one that I always go to, and it, it probably isn't inherently tied to innovation, but and I also don't know who to attribute it to, but one that I use all the time is data doesn't say things, humans say things. And I go to it over and over again. And for me, that's at the crux of innovation. Like we can look at data, we can take all the quantifiable research we want, but the thing that data inherently misses is the, the pieces of information it doesn't have. Like it's missing the stuff that it's obviously missing and humans can fill that in. Humans can tell you what their problems are. Humans can tell you why they need to solve them and they can tell you why it's important and they can tell you that, hey, if I could solve this problem, I could get home to spend more time with my family. Or if I could solve this problem, it would put me on a financial track of where I want to be. And so I really try to center myself around that human element of design and innovation. And I think data obviously has its place and I use data to validate stuff all the time. But for me, innovation starts with people. It starts with talking to people. It starts with just absorbing things. And that's why I love being in cities like New Orleans or going to these conferences. I get out of my element. I get to go and just people watch. Right. And a lot of times I'll do that. I'll spend a whole night, just go find the busiest corner of the city and just watch people, watch them interact, listen to the conversations they're having and mm -hmm. just see where it's going. And that's always been one of my favorite quotes about innovation. Okay. So, so you'll be on Bourbon Street later tonight. Yeah, I walked down Canal Street last night yeah. doing exactly that. I'm right. just watching the cars, watching the people, <laughs> listening to restaurant conversations. It's a good quote. It recently came up, another one from Jeffrey Moore, which from his book, Crossing the Chasm. And I, I don't remember the details, but something about data is good. In, don't, in, intuition is also really important. <laughs> and I think we can overemphasize data as product people. And don't discount your experience and your intuition. Yeah, analysis paralysis. Yeah. Man, there's books written on that now, right? Yeah. Like so much data. And I think just close to that, I'm going to heavily paraphrase a Steve Jobs quote, mm -hmm. but he said the, the hardest thing, you have to say no 99 times right. before you say yes once. And I think that Sometimes I see it too in organizations or when people are running, you know, portfolios, you're going after so many different things, right? And so you want to build a hundred things really bad, or do you want to build a handful of things really good? And I think that that, as we continue to live in an age with a bunch of distractions, right? My new favorite generative AI is everywhere right now, right? <laughs> keep hearing, there's always been new things, there's always been a ton, but right? Like how do we keep focused and really think about how as product development professionals, how do we make the right decisions? We only have so much time. Yep. How do we focus on that? How do we make the, the best products that we can? Because everything that we're involved with, right? That's our signature. So you really want to, you know, take the time and effort to prioritize accordingly. Absolutely. Yeah. We all have too much to do. Focus on what's most important. It's hard to figure that out at times. Okay. You have a book to tell us about. And also, how can people find out about other aspects of the work that you both do, uh, resources you have, where to connect? Start with the book. Yeah. You want to talk about the book? 
Sure. So we wrote a book. We publisher reached out in early January and then introduced us. We met through through LinkedIn. This is actually the first time we've ever met in person. We've been writing. Oh, really? For almost 10 months. So it's been a virtual collaboration. And yeah. Fantastic. And now we just meet up you. at the meet at yeah. the conference. Great. So it's called uh, Gamification for Product Excellence, uh, leveling up your product by using uh, user engagement, retention, and, and innovation. And a companion site that's called Level Up Your Product, and that's where you could find the book, uh, the discount discount code, which hopefully we'll have a new one up there by the time this airs. And the, the book, it's 12 chapters, and it takes you through gamification, the history of gamification, different game mechanics, the psychology of it. And then through the taking gamification as a guide and going through the product development process, also talking about the challenges and limitations of gamification. It's not, again, this isn't a silver bullet for everything. And when people have tried to use it in the wrong context or the wrong way, right, there's challenges and it doesn't work. Then we go through some case studies, some interviews, and then we talk about the future of gamification because with the advent of all this new technology, gamification plays a role. We talk about how generative AI could just take gamification to a whole new level, like right. customizable reward right. and customizable stories. Interactions. That interaction yeah. is just amazing where it could go. But yeah, we have the book is being launched around October 1st, and then the website we're launching this week. And then in there, you could find a whole bunch of different things, services that we offer, certification based on the book, and more to come. Okay. It's our proof of concept as we preach in the book, right? Start with something, then build on Absolutely. And as listeners are listening to us now, the book will be out because they'll be getting this a little bit after, after then. That would be great. And it was the best uh, URL, level up your product. Yeah, dot com. Mm, dot com? Yeah. Okay, so levelupyourproduct.com. Good place to go. Check this out. That's wonderful. Anything else in terms of we can find everything there and stuff on both of you? Anything else you want to share? For the most part, LinkedIn is probably the best place to find me okay. like personally, and it has all the same, like it has links to the yep. website and my TED Talk and all of that as well. Great. Yeah, I want to make sure we find the TED Talk. Yeah, uh, many more things we can talk about. The book sounds like a good resource for us to think about how gamification might play into our products, into the process that we have with our team, and also into our careers itself and how we think about mapping our careers. So this is like a triple uh, home run here for how to apply gamification. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank Thank you you. both very much for the information today. Cool. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. And listeners, once again, we do make those resources available, the written notes of everything we talked about, and that one-page action guide. You can find those at productmasterynow.com slash gate. Keep innovating. Thank you for listening to Product Mastery Now, where product leaders and managers gain product mastery through practical knowledge, influence, and confidence. By listening, you are becoming a product master, creating products customers love. Find additional resources at productmasterynow.com. Keep innovating.